Thank you. You are kind. Welcome to The Crossing today. My name is Shane, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I've been on sabbatical all summer, and if you didn't know that I was gone, then you haven't been to The Crossing for a long time either. I'm so glad to be back with you. So let me do something I haven't done in three months. Let me welcome our Southeast campus, our microsites, all those watching online. Can we give them a big hand? So glad you're part of the Crossing family with us. And so I thought I would share a few highlights with you. You know, like when you're a kid going back to school, you get to share your summer highlights. So I just have some summer highlights that I thought I would share with you. My youngest daughter, Taylor, got married to Josh Immig this summer. They actually met in middle school ministry here at the Crossing 12 years ago. Now, they didn't like each other back then, but they got reacquainted a couple years ago, and so I had the opportunity to walk her down the aisle, and then after I walked her down the aisle, I turned around, and I was able to perform her ceremony, and so that was just an honor for me, and just a fun, fun thing to do, and kind of the highlights of my summer, and if you've ever planned a wedding, you know that it is all-consuming, and so as soon as we got them married and off, Darla and I spent a week or so in Hawaii, got on a plane and enjoyed that, and it was great, and just laid by the beach, and, uh, and so when I was gone, I was able to attend several of our church plants that we support, and so I just went in, and I snuck in the back. I just wanted to cheer them on, and I didn't want them to see me beforehand because I didn't want to freak them out. One of our church planners, he saw me right at the end, And then he came up and he goes, I am so glad I didn't know you were here before I got up to speak. He said, that would have freaked me out. So I had just a great time going and encouraging them. Um, I went to church on the beach in Maui, and I have an announcement to make. Our our next campus is going to be the Crossing Hawaii, and so I'd like to bring all you with me. And so... We'll have a great time there. Went to some of our sister churches, but every Sunday I watched online because I just wanted to keep up with what was going on. But let me tell you, there is nothing like actually being here. And so I'm just so grateful for our elders who give me the chance just to get away and rest and renew and to begin about to dream about what might be next for the crossing and for our incredible staff team who just killed it this summer. We actually had the greatest summer of growth in the history of the crossing this summer. you believe that? So I've decided to take the next three months off, you know, and just let it grow even faster. Well, today we're concluding our series called Playlist. We've been walking through some of these psalms in the book of Psalms, and the book of Psalms is made up of 150 songs and poems written to God. Now, the book is is loosely split into three primary sections. The first section is a section about praise. These are songs that are to celebrate God. The second section is lament. These are songs written about a painful event or experience. And then the third section is wisdom. These are songs to teach us a lesson. And the book of Psalms is the most quoted book by Jesus, And today, I'm going to do a mashup. A mashup is when a DJ takes several songs and he he blends them all together. So I'm going to teach on four different psalms. Since I've been gone all summer long, I thought I would just do four messages. So just buckle up today. You're going to be here for a long time. And whether you're familiar with the Bible or not, you're probably familiar with the main author of psalms. It's King David. 
that in the fall, we're going to do a series on the life of King David. I am so excited about this because there are so many lessons that we can learn from his life. This man who had a heart after God's own heart. And we can gain so much from that. But probably the most famous story of David is him defeating Goliath. It's David and Goliath. And maybe when you think of David, you think of a slingshot and five smooth stones that he used to take down the greatest warrior of today. But instead of a slingshot and a rock, I want you to think about these. These are knee pads. Because David was a bold prayer. That it wasn't just about, you know, trusting in his slingshot. It was, it was getting on his knees before God to pray to God. That David was not afraid to fall on his face and to humbly and courageously go before God in prayer. And my goal today is to show you four prayers that David prayed with the hope that it will help you go to a place in your prayer life that you've never been before or some place that you haven't been to in a long time. And I've summarized each of these prayers just with two words so that you can memorize them. And the first one is this, it's help me. Now, most of us have this prayer memorized right here. I mean, this is the one that we pray more often than any other. Years ago, I was going to have outpatient surgery, and Darla went with me, and so as we were walking in the courtyard, into the surgery center, it was this courtyard with all of this grass, and behind us, we hear this screeching. This car popped over the curb, and it is heading full speed towards us. Well, this, there's the edge of the building, and so we jumped to the side of the building, but right next to us was this guy who had this five-gallon water jug that he was delivering to one of the businesses there in this courtyard, and so he starts running. We go left. He goes right, and this car follows him. At this point, I'm thinking, this must be an ex-girlfriend or something. He has done something. This guy is running for his life, and the car is just speeding up faster and faster. Well, finally, right before it hits him, the car stops, and this elderly lady gets out, and she says, is everyone okay? <laughs> Apparently, she hit the gas instead of hitting the brake, and as we were all just trying to regain our composure, because we had all maybe had a moment there, this guy is just sitting there on the bench in the courtyard, and he goes, this is going to be a bad day. <laughs> We've all had days like that because life is full of problems and hurts and heartaches and disappointments and loss. A routine physical turns into your worst medical nightmare. You pray for five years to adopt, and it falls through at the last minute. You try and try and you still can't conceive. The job that you are perfect for goes to someone else. Your fiancé dumps you by text message. In a church this size, at any given moment, there are hundreds of people who are going through life-crashing circumstances. And here's what David writes in Psalm chapter 70. He says, hasten, O God, to save me. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not 
delay. God, help me. Come quickly. Come to my aid right now. Three weeks ago, I prayed one of those help me prayers. My niece was taking her husband out for his birthday. And so they had asked some friends to watch their two-and-a-half-year-old twin boys that night. And so they dropped their twins off, and, and she took him out for his birthday to celebrate. Well, the next morning, these twins got up before that family knew that they were up. They wandered downstairs. They opened up the back door, and they jumped in the pool. And one of the twins made it out. And the other one did not. And Silas, two and a half year, years old, did not make it out. You know, sometimes there are times where you hurt so deeply you can't even enter into that emotion. It's like, I didn't even know how to deal with this. I don't even know what to do with this kind of loss, this kind of tragedy. Well, as my family was preparing to go to North Carolina to celebrate his precious little life, the family called and they had asked that if, if I would do the service for him. And it was just one of those moments, I'm just being transparent with you. I just want to say, no, I, I want anybody else to do this. I don't want to do this. You know, there's times of being a pastor, there's just times where I'm just like, I don't want to have to step up and come up with these words. No. God, just help me. So I did one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. I got up and tried to give words of hope in the midst of despair. See, it's in those moments that we fall on our knees this, with this help me prayer before God. See, some of you are in the midst of circumstances that you know that you are not big enough for. They are bigger than you. And I want you to know that God is big enough. He is big enough for the challenges that you're facing in your life. He's big enough for the strength that you need to keep going on. He's big enough for the emptiness that you feel in your soul. He's big enough for the bumps that you're facing in your marriage. He's big enough for the wisdom that you need as a parent. He's big enough for the financial pressures that you're dealing with. God is big enough. Sometimes we just have to pray this. Help me pray. God, come quickly. God, would you come to my aid quickly and help me? Well, there's a second prayer that David prayed, and this prayer was just search me. Search me. See, the search me prayer is a dangerous prayer because when you pray this prayer, when you pray this search me prayer, you're opening yourself up for God to correct you. When you pray this prayer right here, you're saying, okay, God, I am open to you changing me. I am open to you transforming my life. The search me prayer says, God, would you just take your light and shine it on the darkest place of my heart? Here's what David writes in Psalm 139. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God, search me. God, what am I, what am I chasing after? Search me. God, what am I running for? Search me. God, why does my 
Why does my soul feel so empty? Search me. Why am I addicted to the approval of others? Search me. God, where did that attitude come from? Search me. Why do I lack love for other people? God, search me and see if there is any offensive way in me. There was this article that was written not too long ago about a dating website that asked a question of the users when you fill out that compatibility survey. And here was the question. The question was, are you a genius? Are you a genius? Would you consider yourself a genius? Now, statistically speaking, one out of every thousand people are considered a genius. But when they asked, are you a genius, there was a certain sex, I'm not going to tell you which one, that tended to overrate themselves in this category. It turns out that five out of ten of these guys, I mean folks, <laughs> said, yes, I'm a genius. Half of them said, well, actually, now that you're asking, I am a genius. The article put it this way. The article says that five out of ten think that they are the one out of a thousand. See, we have this uncanny ability to deceive ourselves, to think that we are better than we really are, to underestimate our weaknesses, to overestimate our strengths. You see, the search me prayer is saying, God, I can't deceive you. You know what is in my heart. Have you ever pulled up next to someone and you just begin to judge them? You know, maybe it's a kid pulling up in a beat-up car. He's got his music blaring, and he's dressed a certain way, and you begin to make judgments about him. The funny thing is he's judging you at the same time. <laughs> or maybe somebody pulls up in a very expensive car, and you begin to make a judgment about them. Or there's a news story, and they show pictures of the people or the person who's involved, and immediately when it comes to your mind is they don't seem like they are as important as maybe other people might be. I mean, you would never say this out loud, but there's still a little bit of racism inside of you or sexism or classism. See, if you are going to go the next level in your spiritual life, it's going to take some bold search me prayers. God, search me. Shine a light on that part of my heart that still has darkness in it. Help me see what it means for me to take up my cross and to follow you. God, search me. Are there any attitudes that need to be adjusted? Are there any memories that need to be healed? See if there is any offensive way in me. You see, if you don't build this search me prayer habit, then you will never break your sin habit in your life. See, it's these, these prayers starting out as help me and then search me. And it's this search me prayer that often leads to this third one, which is forgive me. Forgive me. Possibly the most famous story of David's life after David and Goliath is the story of when David committed adultery with Bathsheba. 
One night, King David looks out from his palace. All of his soldiers are out to war fighting battle for him, but he's not with them. He has time on his hands. And he looks out from his palace and he sees this beautiful woman who is naked taking a bath on her roof. Her husband, this woman's husband, was actually out to war fighting the war for David. And David sins for her and he sleeps with her and he sends her back home. Well, a few weeks later, she sends word to David that she is pregnant with David's child. Well, David decides to take matters into his own hands, and he thinks that he can fix this whole thing. And as the king, he has her husband sent on a suicide mission into battle. And before his dead body is even cold, David marries Bathsheba and takes his pregnant widow into his palace, and he thinks that no one will know. But God knew. Nearly a year passes before God sends a man, a prophet by the name of Nathan, to to confront David. And Nathan tells him the story of what this man has done, not telling David that it's him. And he says, David says, that man should die. And Nathan says, you're the man. I mean, this is not in a good way like you the man. This is, you are the man in the story. And after living in denial for nearly a year, he finally saw himself for who he really is. A liar, a deceiver, an adulterer, a thief, and he's broken. And he sees himself as someone who needs forgiveness. And it is that context that he prays this famous prayer in Psalm chapter 51. He says, have mercy on me, O God according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. I know my transgressions. I know what I've done. I've known what I'm capable of. I know the darkness that's in my heart. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Do you know what I'm wondering right now? Is how many of us in this room are going through life in self-denial? Wearing a mask, pretending everything is okay, just like David did for so long. I wonder who's the man Who's the woman carrying the secret sin that needs to take off your mask today? I wonder who has the addiction that they've been unwilling to admit? Who's deceiving their spouse? Who's cheating financially? Who battles envy or jealousy because you look at your friends on social media on their best day and you compare it to your life? Who's engaged in a pattern of sexual sin? Who's carrying racism or bigotry in their heart? See, I wonder who needs to come clean before God today and pray a bold forgive me prayer. See, because David was sincere before God, God completely forgave him. And today, by the grace available through Jesus Christ, The same thing can happen to you in your life. If you're willing to be honest with God, 
If you're willing to be authentic before God, you can be forgiven today. Listen, you are only one prayer away from a completely new life. See, you can live in denial and you can let your heart get hard or you can fall on your knees and humility, pray a bold, forgive me, prayer. Forgive me. There's one more prayer that David prays in this right here. This is a risky prayer. This prayer is just lead me. Just lead me. God, take my life, take my talents, take my resources, and lead me. See, this prayer right here, is not for those who just want to play church. This prayer right here will take you out of your comfort zone. It has the potential to redefine your faith and redefine your life. Look what David writes in Psalm 61. He says, Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock. See, this right here, this prayer, this this lead me prayer, this is a prayer that says yes to God when you don't know where that yes will lead you. See, this is the story of our faith from Genesis through the life of Jesus. In fact, I would venture to say the people that you respect the most are the ones who have prayed this kind of lead me prayer. The people that you look up and you, you admire what they've done, they prayed this kind of prayer in their life. See, this right here, this is when your faith journey becomes exciting. This, this right here, this will cause you to pray harder, to trust God deeper, because if God doesn't show up, you are sure to fail. When your faith intersects God's faithfulness, Something happens in you. It becomes this stake in the ground. It becomes a defining moment in your faith that God showed up. God came through for you. Here's the deal. The older you get, the riskier this prayer becomes because the more that you have at stake. I mean, so if you would kind of consider yourself my age or older, if you would consider yourself in your 30s or older, Here's what's risky for us, is we can get so comfortable, we don't want to take any more risks, because the stakes are too high. The stakes are just too high, so we tend not to do it. And the less likely you are to say yes to God. If you go too long without saying yes to God, your faith will grow stagnant. The reason why this is such a big deal to me is this is the story of our church, This is the story of the crossing. When I was in my late 20s, I was on staff at a church here in town called Canyon Ridge Christian Church. And I was part of the teaching team. Once a month, I had the opportunity in my late 20s, early 30s to preach at this church that ran over 3,000 people. It was an amazing opportunity. I remember we had a baptism Sunday, one Sunday, and we baptized 125 people that day. And I remember going home thinking, I will never see that again in my life. 125 people baptized in one day. But I felt this nudge to get out of my comfort zone. 
I remember thinking there are a thousand guys who would die to be in my position. And I feel like I'm supposed to leave it behind and to go. So I just prayed this prayer, God, if you could use somebody like me, then I'm in. If you could use me, then lead me. And I can't help but wonder what my life would have looked like if I had not prayed that bold, lead me prayer along the way. The truth is, I would have missed this entire adventure called The Crossing the past 18 years. I would have missed out on seeing thousands of people surrender their life to Jesus. I would have missed out on seeing thousands of you surrender your life and be baptized into Christ. What I thought was once in a lifetime to see 125 people baptized in a day, that happens these days a couple times a year. I would have missed out on seeing you use your gifts for Jesus, seeing you serve this community in the name of Jesus. See, thousands of you go outside of our borders and go on a global mission trip. I would have missed out on seeing my kids grow up at this church. Two of my kids met their spouses at this church. See, my life would would look completely different if I had not prayed that lead me prayer. And for some of you, you have no idea what hangs in the balance right now. The adventure that God has for you. And maybe you feel like your spiritual life has stagnated. Maybe you feel like you're spiritually in neutral, maybe even starting to coast backwards. Well, it's time for you to fall on your face before God and pray a courageous lead me prayer. Take me somewhere on my spiritual journey that I've never been before or someplace that I haven't been in a long time. God, I'm ready to go a whole new level in my spiritual journey. You see, Jesus' invitation to us was not a sit down and take notes invitation. Jesus' invitation to us was not, you just need to learn a little bit more invitation. Jesus' invitation to us was a follow me invitation. A follow me invitation. Because Jesus will take you someplace that is not comfortable. But it'll be the greatest journey of your life. Next Sunday, we're going to launch 21 Days of Prayer. We're going to have 21 days of focused, intentional prayer, praying for each other, praying for our church, praying for our community. We're going to have daily devotionals on our social media, on our Facebook and Instagram accounts. We're going to give you a daily scripture and then just a 60-second devotional. And I can't help but wonder, what might God do in the next 21 days if thousands of us for the crossing are praying together? See, 100% of the prayers that you don't pray won't get answered. I think the greatest tragedy in life are all the prayers that don't get answered simply because we didn't have the courage to ask. So I want to put these four prayers up here. Maybe as I was talking, one of these just, just prompted you. You said, that's my prayer. Maybe you're in a help me prayer type of place. You're desperate for God to show up. Maybe it's a search me prayer. God, I need you to search me. Is there any offensive way in me? 
Maybe it's a forgive me prayer. There are some of you who have never surrendered your life to Jesus, and today can be your day. Today can be your day that you say a prayer and say, I'm ready for you to forgive me and be my Lord and my Savior. Maybe it's just lead me prayer. Take me somewhere I've never been before. And here's what I want to do. Instead of just talking about prayer, I want us to pray together. I want to lead you in prayer. So I'm going to ask that you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm just going to ask just for a moment of, of honesty. Because I learned a long time ago that when my desperation exceeds my pride, I am a candidate for God's grace. So right now, just with nobody looking, if, if you just said, yes, I need to pray this kind of prayer, would you just raise your hand? It's right where you are going, okay, there's a prayer that I need to start praying this week. You can put your hands down. See, this is your moment. God is listening. God is here. God is ready to intervene. God wants a relationship with you. The good news is that anyone can approach God in prayer. So right now, I just want you just to pray whatever it is for you. God, search me. Forgive me. Lead me. Whatever that is, I want you to pray that prayer right now. You surrender your life to God anew. God, I'm yours. All of me. I'm all in. God, we come to you and we are desperate for your hand and your power in our lives. God, there are some desperate prayers that are going up right now. God, we need you. Would you lead us someplace we've never been before? Would you search us for any offensive way in us? God, forgive us, help us. For those who might be taking their first steps in their relationship with Jesus, God, I pray that you would meet them right where they are. So we give you our life. Take it. Make something out of it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.